Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. You guys may be seated. Thank you, band. I appreciate that very much. I kept wondering. I, I woke up this morning. I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm just not that guy. All right. So, I, I, you know, so if you're, if you're around here much, you know, so, you know, when I have a dream, uh, you know, normally it's, it's weird and I would never, ever mention it to you. Uh, you, you know, so, but I had, I was like, what do I do with this dream? And then I saw that song and I was like, there you go. So, um, here we go. Um, I want to say uh, I wasn't on the stage last week, and so I didn't get a chance to personally congratulate you. Uh, way to go on Easter, 1,182 in attendance, and that's because you guys invited and you guys brought people, and many of you are here because of that, because one of the first things that we do on big days is challenge people, hey, we do this every Sunday, right, to come back. And so, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Way to go. Many of you are here and making that uh, a regular part of your life, I cannot emphasize enough the cumulative effect of the Word of God in your life over a period of time has dramatic results, dramatic results. And so it isn't one day, it isn't, it, it's, a, it's a life, it's season after season, year after year, and you will be amazed. And so I, I really encourage you, uh, many of you, you know, start coming on Easter, so now this is your third week, way to go. Way to go. Keep, keep that up. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17. Uh, when I graduated from seminary, uh, literally the very next day, I went to the bookstore and uh, bought a book. Uh, I know you're like, what? No way. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I love books. I, I do. I, I really do. Sometimes I, book, I buy books and I just hold them. No, I'm sorry. All right. So, I, I love. I really do. Um, but, but now I was excited because I got to choose my books. All right. You you don't get to tell me what books to read. So I bought uh, a book on leadership, and uh, I realized that uh, I was very, I'm very thankful for my, my seminary education, very, very thankful for that, but uh, it was incomplete. Uh, there's so much leadership involved in, in the local church and how to be a good leader, <clears throat> how to be a godly leader. So I bought a book, and then I bought another, and I, I read leadership for years. I still read leadership, but one of the things that I did uh, somewhere along the way, oh, five, six years ago, as I transitioned out of a lot of actual leadership books to more uh, biographies of leaders' lives. I love it because then you get to see, you know, it's one thing to be like when the leadership book says, and a tough time will come in your life, and you're like, oh, that's true. But then you read about a tough time in somebody's life, and you're like, this, let's, let's see how this guy, let's see how this lady answered it. Let's see what they did, what great leaders do in those moments. It's just so much more vibrant in my life these days. And so we're doing that right now. We are going through the life of Elijah. We are looking at a man in his life, and we're just going to see life. Uh, what I love about the Bible is you get to see this extraordinary high and this boom, this unbelievable low. You get to see real life. You're going to get to see that within him. And so Elijah is the premier prophet in the Old Testament. Elijah is the gold standard of prophets. Now, a prophet is not someone who tells the future. That's, that's the most common mistake. A prophet is someone who tells how to live or uh, what the Lord is doing in, in this generation and how you should respond 
to it. Oftentimes, they're pretty harsh and blunt in, in, their, in their assessment and their need to repentance. And so Elijah is certainly that. What I love about Elijah, though, is not just that he lived in a, in a godless age. And so if you're like, oh, everything's just godless and horrible, well, let's learn from Elijah because he did that. But also how to turn people back. See, it's one thing for you to live well in, in a godless age, but what about those people around you? What about those people that you're close with? Elijah was able through the power of God to turn people back. One of the things I'm seeing so much these days is this, is this I in our society, it's like, I choose this camp. These are my people. All right, this, this is who I am. And this, and, and this unwillingness to look at anything or anywhere else. And so it's this, I'm going to, you know, when my camp does something wrong or when the leader of my camp does something sort of iffy, we'll double down on it. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And it's this idea of like, I choose to follow these normal patterns and these normal men. And when things go awry, then I double down and I'm not making any, I'm not making any movement. I'm not making any decisions away from that. Guys, it's a bad place to be. Growth doesn't happen that way. Personal growth in your life does not happen when you think you've got it all figured out and you're doing it right. Personal growth happens in your life when from time to time you're confronted with something and you're like, ooh, kind of like what we're seeing. Well, that's not good at all. I should change that. And then you go and let God teach you and respond to that. And so we get to see that in Elijah's life um, today and how he has really the first interaction of his ministry. Elijah has already started. Elijah lives, uh, the, the king uh, has told the king, you are godless and it's not going to rain on the land. Uh, and it didn't, the Bible says. Now, that, that's amazing. When you're talking about an agricultural economy, a drought is devastating. For the farmers and ranchers among us, if, even if you grew up that way, you know how much that is important. Uh, my dad grew up on a farm, and so I... Uh, when we built our house, one of the very first things I did was, was install a rain gauge so we would have something to talk about. Uh, that, I mean, uh, you, you know, did you get any rain last night? Yes, we did. We got a quarter inch, you know. That, I mean, that's just, that's, you know, we're like, oh, that was, this is a heartfelt and deep, right? And so, so, uh, so there's this devastating drought in the land. It's unbelievable. And Elijah, Elijah says, until, until God says, until I pray, it's going to be that. Now, God sends him away to prepare him, and now we're going to get to see his first real act of ministry, but it's not in front of the crowd, for one person, just one, one, one lowly person at that. So, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him. Leave, leave that, let, go back to that slide right there. Just for two seconds. Here's what we believe at River Valley. We believe that this is true, the word of the Lord. We really and truly believe that God speaks, that the Bible is the word of the Lord, that here is what God is saying. We really and truly believe that. I heard from God. Why? Because I opened the Bible and he spoke. That's what we believe. We believe that this is the word of the Lord. That's an important point for this sermon. First of all, this is one of the most helpful sermons I think I could give you. Truly. It is life-changing. I mean it with all sincerity, everything I have. The problem is, is I'm about to tell you the topic, and some of you are immediately going to cut me out. The topic is giving. Now, no one's going to boo at this point, but there's always a few that go, uh-oh. And there we go. There's always a few givers that go, yeah, I love it. 
Listen, whatever you grew up with as, as far as giving, if you grew up believing that the church is out to get you, or you grew up believing or, or being taught that, that uh, you know, you've got to provide for you and yours, and, 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 and uh, what, if, if, you're, if you have a tendency right now to not listen to me because of some cynical thought that was like, oh, pastor needs more money, oh, the church must be hurting, oh, this or that, it's not true. It's not true. And if you were taught that way or if you're around people like that, they're trying to steal from you the unbelievable blessing of God because this is the word of the Lord. This is God speaking to you and teaching you how to give. If you will listen, if you will obey, it is a foundation for the spiritual life of which you will build. And it is monumental and wonderful. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to try to convince you that I'm not trying to get from you. I'm not some weirdo televangelist, you know, with his wife up there with big hair and blue mascara, you know, like just tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, pray, you know, yeah, come on, that's not, you know, that's not true. That's, that's not who we are. That's not what we represent. That's not what we want here, all right? We really, in truth, I believe this because I've practiced this. Uh, I think, uh, with all integrity, I, I think all of my life, all, all, my dad taught me this lesson when I was very young, and, and, and I, I just started giving. I just started tithing from an early age. I left the church for many years, but that voice in the back of my head of my dad going, you're a fool if you don't trust Jesus with your finances. I literally, when I was at Texas Tech, I knew what church God wanted me to go to. I just didn't go. But you know what? I went once a year. During the weekday, I walked into the office, and after I worked all summer, uh, I, accumulated, I calculated all the money that I had earned all summer, and I wrote a check for 10%, and I handed it in to the church. I didn't go to church, but I handed in my money because I, I remember my dad saying, you're a fool if you don't trust God with your money. And so I'm sure that church was like, that guy never comes. He just drops off a check. We love him. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> and so I did. I, I really and truly did. All, it's just a part of my life. And so I'm not teaching you something that I'm not practicing. I'm not teaching you something out of, out of uh, need for me. I'm teaching you something I believe will dramatically and drastically change your life. Truly. Truly, truly, truly. And so, uh, regardless of the, the problems that you have in this moment, um, this week, my group, um, I have a group, and we've been together for a long time, and I don't know about your group, but sometimes we'll be talking about something, and a rabbit will run through the center of our group, and we'll just chase that rabbit for quite a while. Does your group do that? Because my group this week, we're like, we weren't even talking about this. We were talking about Josh Humbert's sermon, and all of a sudden, we got on tithing. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but you know, you're like, okay, let's go there for a while. And, uh, we, and, and, and I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about my group. So there's 16 members in my group. We've been together. We've been friends for a long time. We know each other really well. We're pr pretty open and honest and vulnerable with each other. Be real honest. Um, the, the, my group has got to, in the life of all of us, given millions of dollars to the gospel. I mean, r really and truly, when you think about, I mean, none of us are young, uh, right? And, uh, and, and, and we're, we're in kind of these prime uh, earning years, you know, those type of things. Millions of dollars. And all I heard from that group, all, over, it wasn't like, oh, what I could do with that money. Wouldn't it be nice to have a snowmobile or whatever, you know, it, which is really helpful in Central Texas. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what 
<laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I, I cracked myself up. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I got nothing. All right. So, none of, we weren't there. Really, like we were, the, the, the gratefulness of giving and how much it had meant for our lives and the blessing that had come, we believe, by giving was astounding. None of us are willing to not give anymore to be like, I bet it's not because we're not, because we're givers that God's, I bet it's because I'm awesome and I'm a hard worker and I'm super smart. All of us knew it's because we trusted the Lord with the first and he provided for the rest. And we have this group that is like, he's providing unbelievably. I'm so thankful. So I, it's, it's not just me. So here is the word of the Lord to us today. Uh, verse 9, so Elijah tells, uh, God tells Elijah, get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and he went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering uh, wood. Elijah called her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup and let me drink. So bring me some water. Now, remember the context. There's a drought so this, is, this isn't just a cup of water. This is a very scarce, important resource. This is a widow, uh, and the Bible emphasizes that she's a widow because uh, she would have had no ability to have her own. Uh, she had a son, uh, but she had no ability to uh, provide for herself. She couldn't work. She couldn't own land. She couldn't own property. So even in the midst of a drought, she would have been one that was suffering the most. And Elijah says, give me some water. So give me something of value, in, in, in other words, of which you don't have much value. So she does. So she, she gives him some water. So the first thing I want you to see in giving is that God recreates himself in us when we become believers. God recreates himself in us. He, he changes us into who, he, not, not, not that we're gods, uh, but the, the, he, he imparts his character into us. And his character is a giving God. We don't start out in this sermon or in life with you should give. We start out way before that with God is a giving God. And when we accept him into our lives, we become givers. We become generous. It is our nature because we take on his nature. Let me give you uh, some examples. The most famous sermon in all the world, for God so loved the world that he prayed. No. For God so loved the world that he taught, that he preached. No. For God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus, or God the Father, is a giving God. And lest we think that, that he's asking us to do more than him, he gave his one and only son. He didn't give a portion, he gave all. He gave his son the most magnificent, wonderful, beautiful, overwhelmingly expensive gift that could be given was given by God to us because he loved us. God loves us. He's a giving God. Well, Jesus, when he comes to earth, the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, Christ gave his life for all, a ransom for many. Jesus gave his life while God sent him to earth and said, this is my will. Jesus chose to accept that will, and Jesus gave himself. Jesus asked his father, I don't want to do this. This is hard. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done. And God says, we're givers. Go give it all. And Jesus laid on a cross for our sins, willingly, 
not made to be, not forced to be. Jesus gave his life for all. What about now? What about you and I? What about the transaction uh, of, of just our lives? One of my favorite texts, Matthew chapter 7. The Bible says, if you are evil fathers and you know how to give good gifts, how much more so does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts? I don't think of myself that way. I, I like giving to my kids. I enjoy watching them. I enjoy giving them. Uh, and, and the Bible says, if I'm evil, I know how to do. How much more so is the father? In other words, he doesn't just give you what you need. He gives gifts. He's a gift-giving God. He's a, you don't need this, but I, thought of, I saw it at the store. I thought of you. That's, that's God's nature. And he recreates that in this person. Now, some of you are going to, if you're going to embrace this gift-giving nature within yourself that God has placed there, you're going to have to unlearn some things. You're going to have to unlearn some selfishness. You're going to have to unlearn some sarcasm and cynicalness of when I give it to the church. What are they doing? How much does he make? What is, you, know, you know, just in your mind just runs with it. You might have to unlearn some things, but God wants to recreate himself in you. So he shows us that this widow is a believer. She's already, uh, th this is someone who he's seen and he knows this character. So what does he do in verse 11? Now, verse 11, so she went to go get the water, right? So he called her and he said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. All right. So now, remember, this is an agriculture economy. Now I don't want to just your water. I would like a little bit of bread. Now, the whole rest of the sermon is about the widow, not about Elijah. So we're, we're going to concentrate on the widow here. All right. Now, Elijah has, has a purpose in this. Elijah is a symbolic figure in this text of God. All right, the closest I can think of is um, the minister at a wedding, all right? Uh, so the minister at a wedding is symbol, symbolizes God because the Bible says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So man, woman, and God. The, that does, the minister represents that. He also represents the church. If it's a local church situation, say, we want you to become a part of, our, as you make a family, we want you to become a part of our family as well. So, so that's, that's the symbol. Elijah is this symbol that you, you give to God by, by giving to his prophet. So we give to God uh, in, in our giving is, is, the, is the point here. Um, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 5 that the priests are to, God commands the priest to collect the offering, talking about that we give to God's church. So I am your priest, Father Cody, bless you my son, bless you my daughter. All right, that's, that's who I, so we're, we're, we're the, the ministers are commanded to take up the tithe, to take up this proportional offering. Uh, and if you're not familiar with church language, I like that because now I get to define it versus just saying give or be generous, kind of a general sense. A tithe is what we are commanded to take up. So a tithe is a tenth, one-tenth. And so uh, we'll, we'll walk through the, some of the specifics in here. That's not in this text, but unless you think, well, she didn't give a tenth. No, 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 she didn't. She gave 50%. She, so she, she's about to say, I've got enough for me and my son to have uh, each uh, a little piece of bread. And he says, well, bring me one. 
So he, he asked her for 50%. He asked her for much more. We'll show you why in just a second. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I wish I could, uh, but, uh, but I'm not. So, so he, he, gives, he gives this to God. So she's going to give it to God. Now, verse 12, but she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything uh, baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in, a in the jug. Just now I'm gathering a couple of sticks in order to go and prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. So she's like, I got enough for him to eat some, me to eat some, and that's it, and then we're going to die. And Elijah says, uh, you know, or playing the part of God, I, I want that. I want you to, to give it to me. Now, this is an important lesson, and this is where it's going to hit a lot of you. And this is where it hit me. I grew up giving. I, I just did. But let's be honest here. I have a good job. My wife has a good job. We have money. Like, we, we have some, some money. We also have two, both of our families, if we were in a financial situation, we could go to them and ask them for money, and they would give it to us. So, so for us to give while we, is, is not the same as someone like this to give because we have, we, you know, we, we have multiple fallbacks, I guess, is it what you want to call it? You know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that, quite honestly. Uh, uh, and so, but, but here's a widow, and this is where this hit me when I first was at River Valley. How am I going to deal with those who really and truly, if they give a tenth, it is going to put them under as far as their budget is concerned. And we have them, and we've had them. I'm talking about the single mom who has no support from a husband or from the dad, and is, I mean, she is working hard. She is, she is, I mean, living, I mean, you know, the kind of mom where, where she, she buys, you know, for Christmas, she buys her daughter some clothes for her dolls, but she hasn't updated her wardrobe in like six years because, you know, she's giving, I mean, that kind of gift, right? And now all of a sudden, here I am thinking, you're just, you're making it just barely, you're working hard, and it's just month to month and right there. And now all of a sudden, I'm asking you to give the church a tenth of your income. And, and she's smart enough in math to go, man, it's just, my budget is just blown. What do, what do you do with that woman? Like I had to, I had to really wrestle with that for me with their faith. Do I really believe what I'm preaching here today? Because I'm going to show you what's going to happen in a second. But if I don't really believe this, like I'm in, we're in trouble. I'm, I'm leading this person into real and true trouble. And, and, and it just, you got to, I mean, you got to know like that, that was a, a moment for me. And here's what I see in this text that I think is so critical for you to see. God, it's right up here. Uh, God didn't send Elijah to Zarephath to provide for the prophet or himself. God sent Elijah to provide for the widow. This isn't about the preacher needing more, the prophet needing more. This is about God seeing the widow and saying, I have it for you. I see your generosity. Here a guy walked up to you and says, give me some water, and you just did it. He, this is a generous person, and I know that you are struggling, so I'm sending this person to you to, in order to give to you. Now, this makes no sense in the way we would do it, 
because we would lavish on them, uh, just say, hey, God knows and God sees, and so here's a bunch of resources. Or in Elijah's case, if you remember the last sermon, God provided for Elijah with a, a raven that came down and provided uh, bread and meat every day. He could just show them and go, you're never going to believe this, but tomorrow two ravens are going to show up, and they're going to have bread and meat for me and you. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be amazing, and it's just going to happen. No, 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 he doesn't do that. He says, I want to provide for you, but first I want you to give to me. That's weird. That's not our thinking. If you are a classic overthinker, if you are, I mean, you're, you know, some of you are just like it moles in your head, all just this class. This is where it's going to lose you, where you are going to have to practice faith because I cannot explain why God, well, I can't explain why God does it, but it doesn't make sense in our way of thinking. It just doesn't. We would just say, hey, we've seen it. You've done enough. Let me give you a bunch. But he doesn't do that. Why? He, God wants to build her faith as he provides for her food. God wants to build her faith. So he says, give this to me. I know that you're going to. I'm going to build your faith by doing that, and then I'm going to provide for you. So I'm going to take care of you, but I'm going to do it by you giving. God is building up our faith, and he is providing for us. So if you're here and you say, I can't afford to give, you are the person who most needs this sermon because you're down to the wire. And your one blown tire or blown air conditioner or stuff happens, just life happens. You're right there. You're the person who needs this sermon the most. If you are the person who is watching so much news that you think that the world is just about like you're going to have to pay $7,000 per a gallon of gas or, or whatever it is that you, that you think and you see inflation happening and Russian war and all of it and you're, you, you start to get a little fearful. You, God, you start to get a little, let's, let's build this thing up. Let's, let's make sure, listen, God says, I want to provide for you even in the midst of a drought. And the way I do it is not for you to hoard resources for yourself. The way I do it is for you to give first you to give first. So if you live in fear because it's really and truly a budget issue, like a 10% would just, you know, wreck you, or you live in fear of what may be, you need this sermon the most because you need God to either release you of fear or you need God in the midst of your finances to provide more than you have already. And this is the one for you. So verse 13 this is important. Then Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. So he says, it's all right to provide for your children. But first, circle the word first. But first, make me a small loaf from it and bring it out for me. So half of, the, half of that right there. So first, give to God. This is an important principle. And what? It's almost like I planned this. It's May 1st today. Wow, that's, oh, what a coincidence. All right, now I knew, I knew six months ago I was preaching this sermon on this day. I, I really and truly did. Here's the deal. Um, first, give to God. We believe in, in the lordship of Jesus is such that Christ is first. Christ is first. If you have Jesus first in your life, then you must have Jesus first in every area of your life. Jesus comes first. So give, uh, so the idea of like giving at the leftovers is, is not a faith building activity. God wants you to give first and to build faith in the activity. So let me give you some examples. You are here. It's the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. So we give God the first day of the week in worship. 
first day of the week in worship. Sunday is the first on the calendar. So you are sitting there saying, Jesus, this is your day. I worship you on the first day of the week. This is my Sabbath, and I give it to you. So uh, the first hour of the day we use in a quiet time. So, so now I, I put the best time because, frankly, some of you, he doesn't want the first hour of the day. All right? So, <laughs> all right? So, <laughs> you know, uh, some of you are, are, are almost incoherent at that point. And so I didn't put the best time for that one, right? Uh, but, but I give you, God, what is my best or uh, what is uh, my first. I give God uh, the first. Um, but uh, it's not early. You all know that. Uh, but, so, but we give God, like, like I want to spend some time with you, and I want to, I pray, um, uh, give us this day our daily bread. I, I, you know, pray that almost every day, and I line out my day, and I'm saying, this is what I'm planning, but what do you want me to do? You know, and, and, and I, I want to give you permission. I wanna, I'm gonna, in fact, I want to ask you, like, shoot me off wherever you want me to go in, the, in this place. So we give God the first of our day in a, in a daily uh, uh, quiet time. Uh, so we give, when, when we have a decision to make, he's the first person we ask. Jesus is the first person that you ask in a decision. You don't do, you don't poll your friends. You don't do pros and cons. You, you do all those things, but not first. You think, is this a biblical decision? What would God want me to do? How does this affect? You look at when you're doing it. The Bible talks about looking at our motives. We look at our motives in that, and, and we bring those to God. And Christ first. Christ gets the first tenth of our income in a tithe. Christ gets the first tenth of our income in a tithe. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. We give Christ first. The reason I want to preach this today is because it has immediate application for almost everyone. Most of us get paid uh, on the first. Most of us get paid on the first. And you have, now some of you have random different schedules. And so, you, you know, when you get paid, you, you tithe. You, you take that money from, and that is the first, um, that's the first out of it. It is trusting God that I trust you with 90% that that, that, that will be enough and that when it isn't, you will, you will bless me above. And so we do that. We give God Christ the very first. The, the Bible says, Elijah said, first make a loaf for me. And then look at verse 13, the second half. And afterwards, you may make some for yourself and for your son. For this is what the, uh, the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty. The oil jug will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So when we give Christ words, uh, first, he says first, and then he says afterwards, basically he says God's going to take care of you. God's going to perform this miracle in your life. God's going to make the, the, the oil not run dry. And so God is a creating God. God is an, a God of abundance. I mean, the very first learn, thing that we learn about God, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. God is a creating God. It's the very first thing we learn about God in all of the Bible. So you and I say there's $100. God says, I can make $100. I can make, I create what it, I own everything. And I can create for you out of nothing if that's how I choose to do it. Most of us, that's not how he chooses to do it. I've never had magical money appear. 
Uh, but I've, I've, had, I've had so many examples of God showing up and providing resources at a ti- in a timely manner, usually through other Christians, frankly. I've had, I mean, Mel and I, we've had, we've had anonymous cashier's checks in the mail when we couldn't make rent, literally. I used to have, I used to think no one's going to believe this. And, and so I took a picture. This is before digital pictures. I literally bought one of those 35 millimeter cameras, you know, that they used to have at, at weddings. I took a picture of it. I developed it and I had it. And then my house burned. Uh, and so it's gone. All right. So you got to trust me. Uh, but, but I mean, really, I thought, I thought this is such a cool story to show and go, look at this. Look at, look, look what God did for us. When we, when we couldn't provide, uh, when we couldn't make our bills, God, God sent us. God is a providing God in all of this. Um, when Mel and I got married, um, uh, so I, I was living with my mom at the time and, uh, and, so you know how when you get married, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, my parents are going to give us their, their sofa, and, you know, I've got this washer and dryer and all this kind of stuff, and you're figuring out how you're going to uh, get a house together. And I told Melinda, I said, well, I actually, I have a washer and dryer. And uh, so I actually had two washers and dryer sets. I don't remember how I got them, but I had two. They were in storage because uh, I was at my mom's house. And, uh, and so I told Melinda, I was like, I've got the washer and dryer covered. And so right before Melinda and I moved, I told my mom, I was like, I don't want to move to, like, what, what are we going to do with two washer and dryers? And so I told my mom, I was like, let's pray, and let's both of us pray, and one of us will find someone that needs a washer and dryer, and we'll give it to them. Like, that's fun, right? Like, because like, we're going to just, like, pray for a really specific, somebody just walk by and go, I need a washer and dryer. And we'll be like, hey, God sent me to you. You know, like, that's, that's what we prayed for, because that's, like, super, super specific, right? And so we both prayed that day. And that next day, it happened to me. I literally was at campus. I ran across someone that was uh, said something about you know going to the washing uh, laundromat and they didn't have a washer and dryer. And I was like, man, you know this is so cool. God, I prayed about this and I'm gonna give you this washer and dryer. Oh, cool. You know Jesus is awesome uh, type of moment. And then I go home and I tell my mom, I was like, guess what? She goes, let me go first. I gave away the washer and dryer today. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. <laughs> She was like, what is, and I was like, well, so did I, woman. Now, you know, so I've got, I've got this picture of Melinda, you know, little house on the prairie down by the creek going, you know, and I'm a messy eater, you know, so it's going to be a problem. And so, so, so we gave away both washers and dryers and I was like, well, this is, you know, well, okay. I mean, this is horrible. And so literally, so I tell Melinda the story. I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe we'll have to go and buy one or I don't know, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, the next week we're at church and, uh, there was this couple and, and they've gone on to be with the Lord. They were wonderful, wonderful, godly people that one time, like these are givers, but they didn't have like a lot of money. Like one time they, one time they gave us a gallon bag of change and they said, we've been, I don't know how, I mean, you know, because they had quarters and stuff in it too. And we're like, I, we want y'all to just go out and, and we, we know you don't have a lot of money. We just want you to go out and have a date. You know, that, that, that kind of person, you're like, oh, they're just, they were wonderful. I, I can't wait to see them in heaven. You, I know they're blessed. Uh, anyway, they came up to us and they said, hey, we just, we just bought a new washer and dryer. Uh, do you need a washer and dryer? 
And we're like, you're a kid. And they said, yeah, yeah. It's, now, to be honest with you, it's a couple of years old. You know, mine was like 1907, you know, the, the one that I gave away, honestly. And this was, I mean, you know, to us, brand new. And I mean, it literally happened that next week. Really, I, I, I truly believe it with all that. You can't outgive God. You, you really can't. Like, you, like you, you give and you're like, but God, if I give you this bread, I won't have enough bread. And God says, no, 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 that's, that's how my provision works. That's how I take care of you. Uh, and, and I want you to be a part of that. Now, I, I want to be, I, I be very careful here. We do not give. God says we can test him, and for sure we can. God, God's going to show up in this way. He will, I promise you. Test him. He says it's okay, test him. I want to caution you, though, on your motives a little bit here. You're not giving $10 so God will give you back $20. You're, that's, not what you're, that's not what you're doing. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. You're giving in gratitude to God for what he's already given you. Guys, we're Americans. We're Texans. We live in a fantastic place in beautiful, wonderful houses. We have cars that work. We could not buy food for probably a month and eat out of our pantry. We have air conditioning and antibiotics. God has given us so much, and he's going to give more. But our motive for giving is thanks and gratitude for what he's already done for us. That's just the material stuff. More so, Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. Thank you, God, for giving all for us. Now, he's going to show up in a big way, but watch your motives in this, okay? It's really important that you watch that. Last thing, verse 15. So she proceeded to do it according to the word of Elijah. She did it. Then the, uh, then the woman, uh, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour uh, jar did not become empty, and the oil jug did not run dry, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Elijah. So, so the big point is she went and did it. <laughs> all right? All, up until this point, it's all conjecture and knowledge and teaching. Same way for you. It's, it's all sermon. All right, but she went and she actually did it, and so guess what? God did what he said he would do. She had the miracle. She proceeded to do it. So we're at the first of the month. You're going to have to decide what you're going to do with this sermon. You're going to have to have a real conversation. If you're married, you're going to need to go home and have this conversation. Um, if you're, uh, you know, just got paid today, what does that look like? You're going to have to go. Some of you are in unusual situations. You know, you have a company. Uh, you, you get paid uh, sporadically. You know, you're commission-based. You're going to have to work through some issues. I get that. But the reason that she is the, 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 in this text, and we saw she did it. She actually did it. She gave to the Lord, and then what did God do? God showed up, and God blessed her. So here are the ways. We go over this every Sunday at River Valley. Show me the, the slide. Here's the ways to give at River Valley. Um, you can give in person. There's boxes in the back, um, if, if that's the way. You can give. You can text give to this number. You can go online. Most of you are going to have to go home, and if you're really going to truly biblically give, tithe, you're going to have to go home and do a little, little uh, math. 
You're going to have to go home and do a little figuring. But the, the thing that I like about online giving, I realize that some of you are kind of old school, and I was too for a long time. You like writing that check. I, I get that. Uh, I believe that, that online giving is the best tool that we have to turn your intentions, you want to give, God created you to give, into actual consistent actions. I believe that. In fact, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this sermon this morning, and this morning I wake up and I get an email that says, you know, you've signed up for automatic giving, and this morning at 4.30, my tithe got taken out, and the offerings that I give to uh, River Valley to uh, double up to continue our expansion, those came out this morning. And I praise God for those, that he had, he had paid me, uh, God had given me resources, and I, and I Praise God for him to give them back. It really, it turns what I want to do into very consistent action. And so don't make it some kind of uh, unspiritual thing. It's a great tool that God has given us, and I, and I thank God for it, and I do it. So you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with this sermon. All right, that, that's, that's it. That's the end. There we go. <laughs> now. All right, band, come out. So, go home. Now, now, here goes the best sermonette ever. Hey, sweet dude. I love you sitting down with your fit. That's awesome. Way to go. All right, I don't know what they do back there, but that guy right there, all right? <laughs> Man, y'all ever walk in here and it's all hazy and smoky? Band. I uh, just, yeah, so. All right, so, now, if you're here this morning, Listen to me. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, all right, all that I said is true, but it's not for you today. It's not. You don't do a Jesus gave, so I give thing at first. That's, that's not how we begin. Jesus gives all, and with submission and humility, you accept his gracious gift of salvation. I don't want you, if you're not a believer, to give. Don't worry about it. We'll, next week. It, I mean, I, I do believe that it's a, a beginning spiritual practice, but that's, that's down the line. All right? What you need is to accept what he did. Accept what he gave. You don't give so that you can make sure that you go to heaven one day. This is a growth sermon for us, for you as believers to grow. If you're not a believer, then you need to accept God's gracious gift, and it's overwhelming. See, I like that I don't want you to give, because the thing that I don't want you to do is to think, well, Jesus gave his life on the cross for me, but here's, here's my tenth back. Well, that's, that's insulting, quite honestly, because God, God gave everything. God loves you so much that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. He loves you. He wants to set you free. Just as so many of us, I watch, I, people are out here, and there are people that I'm watching the whole sermon, and they're smiling, and they're nodding, because they understand what I'm talking about, and they understand that God has transformed them. They used to be selfish. They used to be inward. They used to be all about them. All of the money was for them. Everything was for them, and then Jesus saved them from their sins, and all of a sudden, it's all for the kingdom. It's all for God's glory. I'm so thankful that he lets me keep anything. Thank you, Jesus. Let Jesus Jesus, transform you today. Make you different and new. Let him recreate himself in, uh, into you. 
make you in the image of God. Today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, listen, please, please, please don't walk out of here with a giving sermon. We do these regularly. But please walk out of here with the one that we do every week, which is Jesus died on the cross for you. He really and truly did. He was perfect and sinless. He was crucified for your sins and my sins. He was buried in a tomb. He was resurrected. He came alive. Jesus ascended into heaven. And he is there now on his rightful throne. And he says, I will come again to receive those who are mine, to take them into my presence where I will spend all eternity with them. That's the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is for you. He loves you and he was thinking about you when he did it. So right now, you can ask Christ, Christ, come in. Jesus, I don't want to add you into my life. I want to make you first. Jesus is Lord. If you will let Jesus be first in your life, Lord, if you will believe that he died on the cross, he was buried, and he was raised, you can receive the ultimate gift, eternal life, who he gives. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, for those who are being uh, transformed, um, God, into a believer in Christ. Father, I'm thankful for those who are being conformed into your image today. There are some here who hadn't picked up biblical proportional giving. And God, you're going to go home and do a work in their life, and you're going to build on that foundation in so many other areas of their life. And I thank you for that, Jesus. God, I love you and I praise you for um, a church that smiles when we talk about giving. I love that about River Valley. Thank you, Jesus. You gave to us. God, we return to you. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.